Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Football Social Daily. Premier League Updates. Another day, another podcast. That's how things work around here. This is Football Social Daily, the only daily Premier League podcast out there. And of course, it's the return of European football this week. The first group stage games of the season. The Champions League is now done and dusted for this round of games. Manchester City and Tottenham in action last night in Athens and Kharkiv, respectively. And this evening, it's the Europa League for Manchester United and Wolves as they welcome FK Astana and SC Braga to English soil. And in the studio today, I'm welcoming in Steve McNaughton. Hello, Steve. Hello, mate. And Adam Brown. Hello, Hello, Niall. You're right, mate. I'm good, mate. And let's start with Manchester City, your team, Adam. Um, The ghosts of Norwich have been banished. Exactly. Put behind you a a 3-2 defeat at Carrow Road to go to Kharkiv for the third time in three seasons. I think Alexander Zinchenko was joking that he might have to start looking for a flat uh, (laughs) over back in Ukraine because Man City always get drawn against Shakhtar Donetsk um, and you beat them 3-0. Good win. Never in doubt. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I'll be honest with you. I was I'm slightly nervous. The thing you were saying this to my mate the other day about Shakhtar, you never know what you're going to get, really. Doesn't matter about form, doesn't yeah. matter if they're playing well in the league or whatever. You just don't know what you're going to get. Mm. Sometimes you look like will be, as other times you think, how do they even qualify for the Champions League? <laughs> so for me, it's a real lottery when you play Shakhtar. We've done all right against them, you know, historically. Uh, and it was nice to see, obviously, there's a lot of defensive worries at the minute with City. That's the main kind of issue that we've mm. got. Um, with John Stones being out and Laporte, who I just think is such a huge miss for us. So I'm just worried now where we go in the Premier League next. It was good to get to get 3-0. We look comfortable, we look great going forward. You know, it's a good, bit of a routine win, but I don't know if it just sort of only papers over the cracks, so to speak. Mendy's mm. back, though, which is an interesting Yeah, one. massive. Come on as a sub, didn't he? He's been out, obviously, since April with a knee problem, so... Mm. How important is that amidst what is being called a defensive crisis? I mean, it's great to have him back. I mean, I, don't, I think there is some underlying issue between him and Guardiola, potentially, because I don't think Guardiola's a big fan of his sort of off-the-field antics, his social media exploits, shall we say, and that <laughs> sort of thing. He's been uh, he's been lambasted once or twice by Guardiola, but you know what? I don't really care. If he does the business on the pitch, that's all I'm bothered about. Yeah, do you think every club needs that, though, Steve? As much as uh, of an obnoxious figure as Mendy might be to Pep Guardiola, Every dressing room, every changing room does sometimes need that lift and that that joker 
culture, so to speak. I think so, yeah. You've got to have personality in the dressing room. You've got to have people who are going to set it alight and they're going to kind of create a few waves. And I don't think it's a bad thing. I think you've just got to find a balance with it. But Pep, mm. I mean, I don't know if any of you have read Pep's book that Gil and Balagay did. He doesn't like people challenging him on certain things. Sure. Um, I've mentioned it before on the podcast, the Lionel Messi example, when he asked for a can of Coke and Pep said no in training. Yeah. And then he's just gone off and got one and opened it in front of the whole team. He just hates stuff like that. Yeah. And I think when, when Mendy, who is a talented left back, is going out on the piss and <laughs> he's photographing <laughs> himself in Manchester nightclubs yeah. or going over to Tokyo for a night, well, <laughs> well, <laughs> you know, he doesn't really like that. I know I'm pretty good authority that the Christmas party, Benjamin Mendy actually fell off the stage while on crap. <laughs> so he does like a party, does Ben yeah. Mendy. But Zinchenko moved into midfield when Mendy came on. Um, Cancelo as well got his first few minutes for Manchester City uh, uh, last night. He looks a good player, doesn't He's he? He paid sixty million for him, so you'd be expecting to see more of him now with these defensive injuries. Absolutely. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, you know, defensive injuries—it's a worry because you know, arguably, you know, our best defender Laporte is out, or one of our best defenders. Uh, Stones is obviously always going to be in and around there. Uh, he, you know, he gets a lot of games under Guardiola. Not sure what the best partnership is. Obviously, not Stones without Mendy. Anything but that. <laughs> uh, but um, it is opening up opportunities for the defenders. So whether we see uh, you know Mendy coming a little bit you know, more regularly and Zinchenko, I think is. Zinchenko's made that left back spot his own since mm-hmm. Mendy's Mendy's been injured. That's he's the got thing. a great attitude him as well. He has, and he's and Pep loves him, you know, and, and he's never let us down really. For you know, he had that amazing record when he started where we were undefeated every time he played. Yeah. He, and and I, I think I like him. I love like, like Steve said, I love his attitude. Uh, but it's gonna be interesting to see how we deal with that. Will Fernandinho drop back? Will Rodri drop back? I, I don't know how we do it. But for me, if we see you know, more players coming into the into the first team that are usually squad players, that can't be a bad thing. It gives them more games, doesn't it? I, we, we talked about it on the podcast yesterday. And, and the thing is, if I, I'm looking in from the outside as a Liverpool fan. Now, if it happened to Virgil, oh. I'd be shitting myself. Oh, you'd be uh, done. So, well, <laughs> you'd be done. <laughs> well, went into it. Five minutes in and went into it. Uh, you know, but he's, uh, it, when you look at it from the outside, I don't think, and, and I said yesterday on the podcast, it's not a massive thing for Man City, the fact that you've lost Stones. Laporte is obviously a huge blow. You'll you'll endure, you'll get through it, and you'll have yeah. options in there. I mean, we we said that he might go with Rodri at centre-back yesterday, or, you know, he's tried Cal, Cal England have tried Cal Walker, haven't they in a back three Fernand, mm. Fernandinho uh, played there and looked accomplished and he looked accomplished yeah. the only issue I feel that, that Man City might have is on set pieces because there's not a lot of height at centre no. back so if you've got a big team uh, coming in like Man United are a big team Liverpool are a big team um, they might struggle uh, you know to mark mm. I think uh, but, uh, and Pep if there's anyone who can do it who can make a midfielder into a defender it's, it's yeah. quite it, hard, I it? think it'll be fine I don't think long term you'll have any issues I think yeah you might be a little bit leaky and you might concede one or two in a game, but you'll just score yeah. four or five. Yeah. So I don't see it being a massive problem in the Premier League because there's not many teams that are going to give City. Yeah. I do worry about Europe though. When we, when we st- if we start playing some of the bigger teams and the and, and teams a bit more quality than Shakhtar, just like you say, set pieces does worry me a little bit because we've been poor on set pieces I, I, all I season Man- anyway. Yeah, I think Manchester City fans have said the one thing that hasn't really got better under Pep. Everything else as inside and outside of the club is set pieces yeah. and, and defending and attacking set pieces. Manchester City don't seem to to score many or, or defend well at set pieces, which is interesting. No, it's just in, not clicked for some reason. Yeah, but in the Champions League, I mean, when does the group stage run to? It's, it's till the new year, isn't it? Yeah, because Frank Lampard came up with a genius comment saying yeah, that, that was, he that saw it in two brilliant. parts before so, Christmas and after Christmas. No, <laughs> group stage and knockout stage. The, the, Good one, Frank. The group that you've got in the Champions League 
isn't that much of a challenge, I no. don't think. I think you know the draw has been fairly kind, and the conspiracists will say, "Oh, you know, another draw," but it's just it's just the way it goes. Yeah. But I mean, I don't see them having an issue with it. I think they've just yeah. got to kind of stay in there in the league. I think they'll coast that group. I think they'll finish the group uh, regardless of injuries. You can't drop any more points in the league, Max. I think I think you can but afford to lose. Drop the lad. Mm, yeah, it's hard to tell early doors, isn't it? I think you can lose games in the Champions League group stages. I think you know we lost yeah. three in the group stages. Yeah, last yeah. Season. Well, and you won. You ended up winning the Champions I mean, we, League. You know, so, six times. I mean, last... Tottenham lost their first two games and drew the third and still got to the final. Yeah. Um, you were speaking about Van Dijk there. If, if things start going wrong for him, There's no no little hairline cracks there with that mistake. Uh, nah. <laughs> <laughs> See, the problem with it is Liverpool fans have built him up so much to be this. Like, God, don't get me wrong. The guy is an amazing defender. But, like, you know, one mistake and suddenly everyone's going to jump on it. That's it's, the problem. It, it's sad that Andy Robertson's had to deactivate his Twitter account yeah. as well due to I abuse. I think that's a bit dramatic of him. Of him well, he's not honest. had a good week because, I mean, Scotland in the international break, he was abysmal. Yeah, has he shown um, he's not, and so, not great? You know, he's, <laughs> no, he's a good player, but he's, I don't know. And, uh, for, for me, he's the best, best left back not. in the world, I think. He's okay. not. Oh, Who's okay. better than him? Who's better oh, than him? Oh, don't get me started on this. Do not say Zinchenko. No, not Zinchenko. Okay, you should you want to take on jiu-jitsu no, 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 yeah. Andy Robertson's amazing. Um, uh, speak just before we move on. Alexander Zinchenko doesn't let his missus wear red clothes, Adam. Big fan of that. <laughs> Your team plays in red. What are you talking about? I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> he's also a rapper as well. Oh, yeah, he's, of course yeah. he is. Um, like we say, every team needs characters. Good to see Benjamin Mendy back. Manchester City kicking off their Champions League group stage uh, with a 3-0 victory away at Shakhtar Donetsk. Spurs were also away from home. But they could only manage a 2-2 draw with Olympiacos in Athens. Not a disaster away from home in your first Champions League group game of the season. But for me, there's just something not quite right with Spurs, Adam. I don't know what it is. When's someone going to address this at Spurs? We've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. Um, And did you see Pochettino's comments after the game? He he just looked deflated. He just looked... He might have been of Mourinho at United towards the end. Yeah. He just... He had something about him. He's calling the team out. Saying that like the plan wasn't executed and they dropped the tempo and all that and intensity, I think yeah, was the that word was he it. Used. Yeah. yeah, so it was just uh, something about and that's not something that I've ever seen Pochino do before. Really, he just He's... looks deflated. I... Uh, Something's going on, but I, I can't put a finger on it. I wholeheartedly agree, and I've been quite vocal about that in the past as well. He's he has got his eye elsewhere, I think. And I think there's going to be a. I think there's a big job coming up, and I, I, I predicted that can November December he will leave Tottenham, he'll head mm. to the, the capital of Spain, and he'll take he'll take the big gig there. Um, well, I tell you what, we'll talk about that a bit later. Yeah, I, I know do, that's why I, I didn't want to get. I, I do want to touch on on Real Madrid because obviously Real Madrid had an absolute stinker in the Champions League um, last night. But you talk about Pochettino possibly having his eye elsewhere. Christian Eriksen certainly does. He's made it clear that he wants a new challenge, that he wants to move on. That puts the manager in a difficult position because he brings on a player who's clearly one of Tottenham's best players, Christian Eriksen. But then you're also bringing on a player that the fans know his heart isn't in it. And Mm. that's a really difficult situation to be in as a manager. But then again, if you go back to to your premise, when you think that if Poch's heart isn't in it, then, you know, what have you got here? You've got a Spurs side where maybe the manager isn't 100% committed to the cause. And one of the players, one of the best players, isn't 100% committed to the cause. So that's a conundrum there. It is. And it starts from the top at Tottenham because I think Pochettino's got an issue with Daniel Levy. The press conferences he was doing in summer where he was talking about having his job role redefined. He's not the manager anymore. He's he wants not to the be manager. Head coach or he's just a head coach. He's just going to set Tottenham up tactically and pick the players who play. And he's nothing to do with transfers. And just the tone of his voice when he was saying it. He 
be under no illusion of how pissed off and delusioned, disillusioned he is at, at Tottenham. And I think I've been a big fan of Christian Eriksen for a number of years, top player, but you've got a way up risk versus reward at the minute with Christian Eriksen because I think you've got a player who doesn't want to be there. Is he giving 110% every game? Probably not, but he wants to keep himself in the shot window for a move abroad somewhere. Hope you know He wants Real Madrid, doesn't he? Is there someone in the team that's going to be kind of chomping at the bit to get that Tottenham shirt on and who will give blood, sweat, tears, complete commitment to the role on the pitch? You know, that's what you've got to weigh up for me. So I, I, you wonder if something's been been said because you know I've, I've you know like everyone we've we've all gone oh Spurs are great you know for the last couple of years and oh they've done well to break into the top four and it's only a matter of time before something happens. Now obviously I know they got to the Champions League final last season, but. He's still not worth anything, and that's the issue that I always come back to. That Pochettino is one of the highly rated managers, and he's the most sought after manager. If a big job comes up, he's kind of one of the first names on the lists. But you think to yourself, has someone gone? It's your final. It's now or never, mate. You know, yeah. we've invested a lot of money, and he's maybe yeah. seen his ass a bit about mm. it. And thought, hang on a minute. I don't know. I'm just thinking that something's happened. So I'm thinking something's changed. The tone of the club, if you like, for me, has yeah. changed, and it seems a little bit more. I don't know. There's a little. There's a sort of un, un, a needle. Yeah, it's an undercurrent yeah. of a little bit of sort of not sort of like a little bit of anger underneath. Well, yeah. Why do you think they keep letting two goal leads slip? They had a two goal lead in the North London derby, and they let that slip because they were in front against Olympiacos. They scored two goals uh, in quick succession. Harry Kane scored a penalty. Twenty six minutes. Lucas Moura then doubled the lead half an hour in. So just four minutes later, and it finished two two. And in Tottenham's group, you've got Bayern Munich uh, as well as Red Star Belgrade. So that that isn't an easy group and. I know a draw on the opening game of the Champions League isn't the end of the world, as I said, but it's a difficult position to be in, knowing that you're going to have to go to Bayern Munich at some stage and try and get something. That's not what you want to be doing, is it? But weirdly, that's what probably Tottenham will do. Uh, you know, Bayern Munich aren't particularly great at home. I mean, you know, Liverpool, uh, you know, put, I think beat them 3-1 at, at the Allianz last season. Um, just talking about Tottenham conceding goals and letting leads slip. I mean, they're, they're going with Vertonghen and Alderweireld the centre-back pairing, aren't they, in the main? Or have I got that wrong? No, no, no you're right. Yeah, yeah and then obviously Lloris is, is, is prone to an error or two, isn't yeah. he, as well? It's just not robust enough for me at, at the back. I mean, you know, when you talk about other teams that are knocking around Europe and in the Premier League as well defensively, even Man, Man City's third choice centre back prone is probably stronger than Tottenham's first choice. But they've got they, they, they've made a weird decision as well because they had I'm sure Davinson Sanchez played at right back last night for mm. Spurs mm. Yeah. and he sold Trippier in the summer. All right, Trippier didn't have a great season last year, but he's started flying for a oh, flight he's doing really trade, well. Right? Yeah, and they, they sold him for hardly anything. Twenty two million. Yeah, was in the grand like scheme of you know, in, in the current market, you know, cheap. And he's not what is he late twenties maybe yeah, something like yeah. that. So he's still got a good few years, and you think to yourself, you know. By all means, sell a player if you've got players there ready to go, but they're putting a centre-back. I know, you know, Sanchez is a fairly versatile defender, but... Yeah. And then you've got, you know, Danny Rose is still knocking about around there, and he he's had issues about wanting to leave. Yeah, and he said he might not be there in the summer, so... so there's a lot of people, players for me that have kind of one foot in, one foot out, mm. and you need a team that is totally united. Look at the two teams at the minute that are being dominant in England, City and Liverpool. They've got a complete culture of everyone's on board. Top everyone to is total, Every single player is totally committed. But Tottenham, it's like, oh yeah, well I'll do another season, then I might go, and then I want to go to Madrid. It's, it's rotten. You, you can't be it's nail on the head. You, you know, you, you can't be like that, especially at a, tub, a club as big as Tottenham. You know, they're, they're, they're desperate for success. They built that new stadium, which is amazing. Yeah. They backed the manager in summer because he signed Low Celso and he signed uh, Tanga and Dombele. Spent big money on them players. Well, Celso's the injured, barely played, and yeah, Dombele so. just came back last night. So they've not been able to get much change out of the players that they've 
they've used so far. All the ingredients are going into the pot, aren't they? You know, to to mm. make that a really successful club and get that club to kick on. But trouble, trouble, trouble in times. I think for me, I do think that players will start leaving. Ericsson, I think I can see Deli Ali going. I can see him leaving. Yeah. And again, it was I think when he was firing all cylinders and it was him and Kane and it was exciting. For me, I just don't see that anymore. I do feel like they're. I mean. I could be proven completely wrong here. And let's not forget they did get to the Champions League final last season. But judging by this year and the problems that I'm seeing, I do feel like it will just be people jumping from a sinking ship. Yeah, Deli, you've just mentioned Deli Ali the last season, maybe the, th- the half of the season before, nowhere near playing at his level and, and not showing up in too many games for me. But it, it is, it, it you know, it, it feels like Tottenham have had that opportunity and, and the, the trains left the platform for him yes, really because yes. we were talking about Harry Kane as well you know and with the injuries that he's had in the last couple of seasons especially them three major surgeries on his ankles mm. and people were saying oh Real Madrid won in Barcelona won and he'd want to pay 150, 160 million quid for him I just don't think that would happen now if you went no. on the market and, no. and also Real Madrid the way that they've treated Gareth Bale because he roughly misses around a third of league games every season because of injury Real Madrid fans would lambast Harry Kane yeah. for being unfit. It yeah. just wouldn't work, I don't think. That's uh, Tottenham and Manchester City's exploits in the Champions League. Coming up next on the podcast, we're going to be discussing Manchester United welcoming Kazakhstani outfit FK Astana to Old Trafford, as well as Wolves making their Europa League debut as they host SC Braga at Molyneux. This is Football Social Daily. We'll be back after this. Football Social Daily. Subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode. Football Social Daily, Premier League updates. Welcome back to Football Social Daily. We've been talking about the European exploits of our Premier League teams in this opening round of group stage games. I'm Niall, got Adam and we've got Steve in the studio discussing everything to do with our Premier League sides in European action. Tonight on Thursday, Manchester United welcome FK Astana, the Kazakhstani side to Old Trafford. And Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, Steve, has said that Romero will start in goal with uh, Axel Twanzebi to start at centre-back and young promising forward uh, Mason Greenwood also starting. So that is a chance for those guys to prove themselves. Definitely. And I think it, this is a game that Man United have got to go and win handsomely for me. You know, these are, are going to be whipping boys. I think if they're not coming out with a 4-5, 6-0 win, you know, that'd be disappointing for them. Glad to see that the young lads are getting a chance. I think Romero's actually a decent backup keeper, mm, mm. you know, considering he's happy to sit on the bench. I mean, is he still Argentina number one? I'm not sure, but De Gea has signed a new contract. Yeah, so we were talking on the podcast before, what does that mean for Dean Henderson at Sheffield United? Is he ever going to get a chance I at Manchester United? Probably not. No, so yeah. um, he's probably going to have to stay put as, as number two for a while with De Gea signing a new deal. He is, yeah. And I think, you know, it's an opportunity for, for some of these squad players at Man United because Daniel James, I'm just reading on Sky Sports that Daniel James isn't playing tonight. Um, Paul Pogba, Luke Shaw and Antti Martial. Um, so it's it's a chance to go in and really stake a claim for yeah. match, future match day squads. And, you talk about young players like Henderson, who's at Sheffield United, is a good goalkeeper. Yeah, he is, yeah. But I think it seems to me that if you're a young player, if you pass 22 as a young player, you're not going to make it at that club. You know, because Liverpool, a similar situation with Harry Wilson, he's gone out on loan to, to Bournemouth, great player, 22 years of age, can't see him making it mm. at Liverpool. And I think it's a shame, really, but they've got a pool of talented youngsters United, and I think if they can, yeah. if they can put in some solid performances in what is... A pretty easy group for them, you know. Happy days for them. The, the thing is, as well, I always think with especially the Europa League, if you get a bit of a, a you know a gift of a, of a of a game, again, it could be a complete unknown quantity, and you just never know. They could be mm. totally up for it and stun stun United, but I can't see it. But I also, hope so. Yeah, <laughs> but I always think to myself, he, he can use it as a bit of a, a platform to sort of 
kick, re kickstart your season mm. almost. You know, if you can get a, get the confidence going, get a few goals. You know, get like like Steve said, four or five, yeah. and then take that momentum into the Premier League. Then I know, you know do you know? I sometimes see that as a midweek game. You get a little bit of a bonus that some of the teams don't have. So you yeah. go, hang on a minute, we played amazing midweek. All right, we got that impetus going yeah, into, into and the weekend. Yeah, we got a good result at the weekend, didn't they, against Leicester beating them 1-0 because that's that's no easy game anymore no. under Brendan mm. Rodgers. And I think the problem is with the Europa League is that the Thursday and Sunday schedule and travelling to Eastern Europe and stuff like that and spending seven hours each way on a flight and what have you is very demanding, as Wolves are finding out, as we'll come on to soon. But what it'll be... It's interesting with United because we've acknowledged there's a rebuilding job to be done and it has started in earnest in summer. Yeah, And it's going to be quite interesting as a neutral, well, as neutral as it can be, to watch <laughs> how this pans out. Well, how much of a risk is it for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer to play these lads? Because if they lose or don't get a result, that's going to be carnage on social media. The press are going to be all over them. But at the same time, if Ole Gunnar Solskjaer plays Pogba, plays all of his star players and someone gets injured and they're already slightly light up front. I mean, Greenwood, obviously, it's his chance to impress. I mean, it's, it's a risk either way, I think. You either risk playing a, not a weakened team, but certainly a team less capable of winning the game or you field a team which is stronger and risk getting injuries. So it's, it's a tough one to weigh out for the manager. It is a tough one. And, and one thing that uh, United have got high hopes for, for Greenwood. And um, I think when Ollie's coming out, uh, I've seen a press conference with him on telly yesterday and he's coming out saying he's one of the best finishers he's ever seen. Massive pressure on him straight away. I think it was a bad call to say that. And hopefully, you know, the lad gets a chance to breathe. He gets some minutes on the pitch and he, and he can prove, um, you know, that he, he does know where the back of the net is. Axel Twanzebe was on loan at Aston Villa last season yeah. um, at centre-back, helped them get promoted to the Premier League. So uh, he was playing uh, with Mings, was he? Uh, yeah, yeah, well, at the end he was, yeah, towards right. the end. I mean, he's highly valued um, centre-half at Manchester United, but obviously we were saying on the podcast a few weeks ago that until Chris Smalling went, they had seven centre-backs on their books. Rocco's still there knocking around. Don't know if he's ever going to play again for United. Uh, Jones, um, obviously Smalling's gone. Maguire now. Um, Lindelof. Lindelof's another one and we'll talk about Lindelof in a sec because he's just signed a new contract but yeah Twanzebe looks like an exciting talent but it's just getting him into the team Well, it, well I, I, I lose track of who, who's still fit for United and who just doesn't play anymore like Rojo you know what I mean just since yeah. he said what, what's, he's, it's what's like, happening it's like Phil Darmian Jones. as well yeah. Darmian didn't play for for months, yeah, and now he's been sold. Yeah. And it's like you almost forget like that he's even there. A million and a half quid for him as oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> Palmer or something. Pennies, absolute pennies. Yeah. Um, but you think to yourself as well. It'd be, you know, traditionally in you know in these games like this, and you want to play the youngsters. You think, well, let's surround them with some older heads. Let's yeah. get you know, let's get some experienced lads playing alongside them. But I'm scratching my brains thinking. Who did they put in? Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? They well, put, you, you put in your experience of, of Jones, oh no, Smalling's gone, but one of those two before, and then you think, all oh, right, okay, we've got the experience in there, but it's like having David Luiz. Well. Yeah, Baye's another. David Luiz or Socrates is like at Arsenal. It's like, oh, we got the experience in there, but they're not very yeah, good. I'd rather play the kids. Absolutely shit. I mean, I'd rather play the kids instead rather than put, if he's the experience, forget it. Talking about centre backs, Victor Lindelof signed a new contract at Manchester United until 2024, mm-hmm. with Manchester United holding an option to extend for a further year if they want to when the time comes. Lindelof has certainly grown as a player yeah. since he arrived at United in 2017. I think he's grown to be one of their probably better centre-backs. Now Maguire's come in, arguable. Baye's obviously um, favoured by some people. But does this show the length of the contract that it is a project for Ole Gunnar Solskjaer? Something he's working on, something he's building towards is getting United back to where they want to be. He is because he's what he's, he's doing, and he's being quite astute when he's doing it, is he's putting a spine together in that United team. So De Gea is in the top 
six goalkeepers in the world. He probably was the best at one point. Yeah. But I think the last two seasons, he's, he's fell behind the likes of Edison and, and, and Alisson yeah. uh, at Liverpool. Yeah. And but to, he's still a hell of a keeper. And to, to, he, but he's still yeah. a hell of a keeper. So you've secured him. Great news. Lindelof has turned into a very good centre-half, but he needs a leader next to him. Sure. Uh, you know, and he's, they've signed Harry Maguire for a lot of money. Yes, he made a mistake for England last week, and that, which wasn't pretty, but he's still relatively young and he will kind of fit, you know, Ease them kinks. I mean, Van Dyke made a mistake yeah. the other night. It just happens. And when you play, when you play that money, you've got to start someone, haven't you? Really? Yeah, I've. Yeah. So I think you know, United are going with you know, we've got Lindelof, we've got Maguire, we've got David de Gea behind it. He's just got to have that midfield enforcer in there because there's question marks long term over Matic over Pogba, obviously, who's desperate to get out of there. Well, his agent's desperate for him to get out of there. Um, and then the, the you know the, the, the kind of you know they're going up top. So he can't do it in one window, like we've discussed plenty of times mm. on the trans in, in, on the podcast. So he's just doing it in stages, and it's going to be three summers, four summers potentially. But I think if they stick with him, and it looks like they are sticking with him, yes. and he has got a project. So if he gets some top six this season, he'll probably be okay. Yeah. But if they finish seventh or eighth, he might be in a bit of trouble. Mm. Um, it's good news for him, you know, and I think that they'll they will pick up the odd result. You know this season and it'll be difficult to beat on the, the games that matter like the Manchester derby yep. like when Liverpool rock up at Old Trafford um, so it, 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 work in progress right manager in charge I'm not so sure but yeah. the, the signs are encouraging and I think our Man United brethren can be quite encouraged by what's the going thing, on the thing is is that you need that centre back part. it's so important mm-hmm. I mean, think about United over the past you know even since Ferguson, since they've had that the last big settled partnership of Vidic and Ferdinand who were mega who was one of the best partnerships yeah, ever in the Premier in League, the Premier right? League, yeah. But every single team, you know, since then that have done well, you've had a settled, you know, partnership that works. The two defenders complement each other. And United, for the past, you know, since Ferguson left, he's been he's plays two games and then he's not he's not right. And we bought him and he doesn't fit it with him. And it's just not worked. And it no showed consistency. No consistency. And it showed that you know they, they never had the same starting eleven, did they? Yeah. Um, you know, and it wasn't even because of injuries. It's just because. They didn't seem to fancy that player one week, and know. you know, oh, he didn't play, and they never had that settled partnership. And I think unless you've got that, because that really dictates your yeah. entire team from the back, they've not had that. And maybe now with Maguire and Lindelof, they've got it. You have got to have that settled back five. I think goalkeeper, fullbacks, centre backs. Problem United had is that after Alex Ferguson's gone, they've had a few crack box in charge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Louis Van Gaal falling on the touchline. Oh, yeah, Jose yeah. Mourinho, you know, living in a hotel for seventy-eight years. Um, <laughs> Louis you know, Van Gaal's so, army. <laughs> he loves it, doesn't he? So, but you know, they've got a manager with a vision now. I mean, the chief executive is useless, uh, as we all know. And we could probably do a podcast dedicated to Edward Woodward. Um, but you know, I think joking aside, rivalry aside, they've got plenty to be optimistic about for the future. I think. Well, FK Astana from Kazakhstan, the visitors are nine hour flight and I'm sure Manchester United fans won't be looking forward to doing the reverse trip all the way to Kazakhstan where temperatures that game's not until November where temperatures are expected to be between around minus one and minus twelve so uh, get the gloves out boys because you'll need them Um, Wolves though they host SC Braga the Portuguese side at Molyneux tonight gruelling qualification campaign for them and they played Serie A sides like Torino and we'd speak about travelling to Kazakhstan Wolves fans had to travel to Armenia just to get to the group stages Um, but they host a Braga side who are in absolutely abysmal form they're 16th out of 18th in the Portuguese league. They've won just one game, which actually coincidentally is better than Wolves' Premier League form because they haven't won a game yet. So how will the Thursday-Sunday schedule affect them or, or will it affect them at all, do you think, Steve? I just don't think they're coping well with it. Are we seeing it? I mean, even though Wolves are a, a much better side in terms of personnel, manager, etc., we seen what happened to Burnley when they tried to do it. You know, they had a decent season. I think they finished eighth one year or yes, ninth, but yes, got in because yeah. of the trophies won and stuff like that. 
Um, Wolves are not coping well with the travel of Thursday to Sunday schedule and, and it's apparent because are they still bottom three Wolves? Yeah well they've not won a game it's only them and Watford that haven't won a game uh, this season yeah. so yeah they are in the relegation zone at the moment. They'll, they should be okay at Molyneux tonight against Braga I think you know it's a chance to kind of get a good result on the board maybe kind of score two or three goals and um, get a bit of confidence back up because when you know, you've not won a game yet in the Premier League, like you've just mentioned. You're travelling all to the ass end of of nowhere on a Thursday night. You, you, your confidence is is going to wane. Conceded five to Chelsea at the weekend, Adam. I mean, what will Nuno Espirito Santo be thinking? I don't think Braga are going to put five past Wolves personally, but that's surely be at the back of his mind. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a worry. The, the Premier League form has been a worry. They've just not hit the ground running enough. That's the problem, and and I think it might be a similar case. Like I said, with United, I know United aren't doing too bad in the Premier League, but. Hopefully Wolves can use tonight as a bit of a yeah. turning point and say, come on, you know, get let's get some goals on the board, let's let's get, you know, because some positive. Their, their aim will surely be to do this over and over again, rinse and repeat, finish sixth, fifth, maybe try and get into that top four. Eventually that'll be the, the game plan years and years in the in in the future. But surely their plan at the moment is rinse and repeat, finish sixth, finish seventh, finish sixth, get into the Europa League and just keep doing just improve it. I mean, it's a yeah, hard yeah. thing to do. Yeah. yeah, I always worry about the the the, that's the smaller clubs who manage to get into Europe. Um, you know, a team like Wolves who have got some really good players, oh, great yeah. talented, talented players. players yeah. But you think it's, like, it's sometimes a bit of a shot window as well, you know, in Europa League. I'll be almost as a Wolves fan thinking, oh, don't play too well because a big team might see. <laughs> Especially the goalkeeper yeah, and yeah, Jimenez and yeah, Jota. Yeah, and, do you know what I mean? It's a bit of a yeah, shot yeah. window potentially for the, for the you know bigger teams of Champions League Ruben size and Neves stuff. Is Neves brilliant is player. brilliant. You know, and you just think, I, I just think to myself, if if the kind of if their league form is affected too much by Europe, the lot the further they go in Europe, is that going to have a knock on effect like we saw with Burnley yeah. a couple of years ago? Just as a final point on it, I've just got their group up here because I didn't know who they've been in a group with uh, and they've not got a lot of travelling you know, for this group they're in. They've got Besiktas, um, they've got Bratislava and Bratislava yeah. and they've got Braga as well. Well, interestingly, so, that Bratislava game, um, Wolves fans are being told not to book any travel to Slovakia because they're under sanctions at the moment, the uh, Slovan, the club Slovan. Um, to play games behind closed doors. Race, so that, racism. Uh, that game might well be played behind mm. closed doors. It's awaiting um, the outcome of a, of a court hearing with UEFA. So yeah. uh, they're encouraging fans not to book travel for that, which would be a real shame because part of the excitement of being in Europe for a football fan is you get to go to these different places Fine in Europe and places, play games yeah. like yeah. that. Yeah. So it'd be a real gutting yeah. thing for Wolves fans if they can't go to Slovakia, yeah. go to Bratislava, which is a great city by all accounts. Oh, it is, yeah. I went on a stag do a couple of years back there. Um, unfortunately, he's not married anymore. <laughs> That's a different story. <laughs> uh, but, you know, we went, we went and it's not a bad flight to Bratislava. You know, you're kind of in and out quite quickly. Um, the furthest they've got to go is Besiktas, which is probably, what, four, four hours? Hour, yeah. So travel is being kind to them, but like you say, to deny the fans the opportunity to go and support them in, in these places it is a shame but it, when you get into kind of Eastern Europe and the, the mentality of fans and behaviour mm. to certain fans it's very difficult Yeah, well the behaviour of Real Madrid fans has always been up for questions certainly to, to people in, involved in British football who can't seem to understand why Real Madrid supporters slag off their own players so much and slag off their own manager so much well I think they might have a case after their game last night in the Champions League they lost 3-0 to PSG I actually slagged PSG off the other day saying that their project is a failure they're nothing men in Europe they always seem to coast through the group stages and everyone goes they're going to do really well this year get to the knockout stages be 11-0 up against Barcelona and lose 12-11 or whatever the score was that time <laughs> so you know that's always the way uh, PSG uh, seem to go about it so um, maybe I might be proved wrong towards the end of this season but in terms of Real Madrid their new signings Eden Hazard was awarded a no score in one newspaper and another gave him a two 
is moving to Real Madrid what it is always talked up to be for, for Premier League players? I'm thinking Jonathan Woodgate had a bit of a shocker. Gareth Bale has been amazing, but hasn't been treated well by the Real Madrid fans. Michael Owen played one season, then was sold to Newcastle United. It's difficult, isn't it? Because, you know, some players have really good experiences there. Like Steve McManaman. I always yeah, think about two, that. Two yeah. Champions Leagues, didn't yeah, they? You know, yeah. And I think to myself, right, he was he was a good player when he was in the Premier League. I never used to think of him as the elite. Oh, Steve's looking no. at me like he's going to kill me. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but do you know what I mean? Have no, you seen the size of him? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't go. He was a, he was a, I always thought he was a good player. He went to Madrid and for some reason became mm. this unbelievable football player. Yeah, yeah. And he did really well. And you think to yourself, well, you know, never in a million years, but I thought that he would end up doing that at Madrid. Mm. But then you look at someone, you know, who can go and have a, Hazard, it's not kind of worked for him yet. I mean, it's early yeah. doors with him, you know, and, and he will come good, I think, because he's that talented. You know, Gareth Bale's done amazing. The fans don't seem to like him because he's they injured, say he's not, time, yeah. injured, but also there's talk of he's not embraced the, the, the sort of the culture of the club. I don't know how true that is. I don't think they care about that. I just think that they get frustrated with him because he doesn't play all the time. Whereas Cristiano Ronaldo, who was the darling of Real Madrid, and since they've sold him, it's kind of proved how much they relied on him. He's another one who was a prime example of moving from the Premier League to Real Madrid. You can make it work, but the man's just an alien, isn't he? He's, he's, never, on, he's, he's on a never different injured. planet. Yeah. But if you look at the front three of last night for Real Madrid, Bale, Azard, Benzema. That's a lot of Class. goals. A lot of goals yeah. and a lot of European pedigree. Luka Jovic was on the bench. Um, PSG won 3-0. Didn't even have Neymar and Beppe or Cavani starting. Yeah, or playing, in fact. Yeah, that's good. It's very impressive. And, and they've put, I mean, it was interesting that Angel Di Maria's got a couple last night who was rejected by Real Madrid as well. Uh, and by Manchester there, United and, as well. <laughs> when he didn't have, but he's, he has delivered for PSG, I, I yeah. think. Um, Just Real seems Madrid, more comfortable there, doesn't he? Yeah, it? he has, because he's been given a chance to breathe. Now, the problem uh, that you have when you go to Real Madrid, and certainly Barcelona to a lesser extent, I think, because Coutinho's found out, obviously, because he's been moved on from there. Um, is you don't have that honeymoon period. You don't have that time to adjust culturally, to get bedded in and start performing on the pitch. Where mm. if you move to a Premier League club, um, you're probably going to get that kind of half a season to kind of really you know, stamp your authority. Sometimes a player will be taken out of a team if if he's he's not quite ready, I mean, I mean, I know I have to mention Liverpool examples, but Fabinho didn't have a great start at Liverpool. No. But now, when you look at Fabinho where he is now, he's arguably one of the best defensive midfielders in the world. I know it's a different um, position entirely, but Didier Drogba, I always seem to remember when he arrived at Chelsea from Marseille, the first season he wasn't all that really. No. Um, and then all of a sudden, just clicked for him, and he was away, and he was banging goals in left, right, and centre, and became the game winner for Chelsea. Yeah, one of the biggest ever players. But when you're at a club like Real Madrid. You don't get that half a season's worth of patience, of do you? No, you don't no, get that. Especially if you're coming with a massive transfer fee as well yeah. and you, the expectation instantly on and you. they've spent loads of money this summer. Over them, 300 million euros this yeah. season, so which will probably be written off by the Spanish royal yeah. family. <laughs> yeah, well... But you look at someone like Beckham and he he had a great time in Madrid, didn't he? He was, he was good, but you yeah. think of the style of player that he is... You can almost get instant results with Beckham because he's going to assist goals. He'll be banging in corners and crossing. Yeah, you've got Figo, original Ronaldo in the team yeah, it, as well. Yeah, Raul, there were some unbelievable. Yeah, it's also, it's interesting because I, I didn't think of Beckham then until you mentioned him. But what there's probably a business aspect of it with Beckham as well, and him playing in that Real Madrid team. The fact yeah. that he could sell so many shirts around the world. He was a fashion icon, his style, whatever you want to say. Um, but he has probably been given that bit more time to bed in, hasn't he, mm-hmm. on that basis? Um, but I think it's very difficult to go to Real Madrid, hit the ground running, yeah. start scoring a bag full of goals. I mean, the problem that is is that the the, the is marker is it the Marca 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 yeah, yeah. is so kind of heavy on the influence of the people of Madrid. 
Um, you know, and they dictate people's thinking quite a lot because they'll give Hazard a zero. Well, he got a two, I think. Or, yeah, or which two, is the lowest. Which is the lowest. And now that's going to kind of influence a lot of Real Madrid fans' thinking because they're so bought into what Marca do. Yeah. Uh, so I think it's slightly unfair that uh, to mm. do that, and I hope that it doesn't, you know, um, go tits up for. Hazard at Real Madrid yeah. and that he does become the player that we all know he is well, that's what up, he wanted wasn't it that move do you think it might end up affecting I know there's still don't get wrong huge draw and as a Premier League player no matter who you play for I do think that if Madrid come in for you or Barcelona there's still an element of I've got to go and I'll give it yeah, a go yeah. do you think it might the way that you look at the way that Bale's been treated do you think it might have an influence on the players wanting to go like someone like Harry Kane now if that bid came in do you think he's just going to turn his back on Tottenham and go I've got to go for it or do you think he might look at it and he'll go, still go do you think he'd yeah, go? Yeah, he'll still go. I still think if if the offer was on the table, Harry Kane would take it, despite what's happened to Gareth Bale. His biggest problem is going to be getting through a medical for, for the club, though, I think. Mm. Well, yeah, we'll have to wait and see on, on that one, but it's the first time in 578 games that Real Madrid have not managed a single shot on target, a run going back 10 years. So the pressure is certainly mounting on Zidane. So let's just presume he does go. Will a Premier League manager take his place? Yes. Will it be Pochettino? Yes. Adam? I think, yeah, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Jose returning to Madrid. OK, well, we'll have to wait and see what happens. Of course, Arsenal uh, have to travel to Eintracht Frankfurt. That's this evening, so apologies, Arsenal fans. We didn't get around to covering game your game uh, against Frankfurt, but that's the beauty of this podcast. It's Football Social Daily, and every single day, seven days a week, you can get your Premier League fix right here on the show. So make sure you hit subscribe. On a Saturday, there's Premier League preview shows, and on a Sunday, we'll be reviewing all the weekend's action. And don't forget, if you've got an Amazon Alexa, you can dive into our Alexa skill, which we've been working really hard on, so go and check it out. Um, all you need to do is ask Alexa to open Sports Social tell it what team you support of any of the 20 Premier League teams and it can give you Premier League match previews match reports it can give you a daily team update it can tell you the score so if you're about the house and you can't catch up with the game just ask Alexa to open Sports Social and all that goodness is in there for you I've been Niall thank you very much Steve cheers thank you very much Adam cheers and we'll see you next time Football Social Daily subscribe to the podcast now so you never miss an episode step into the world of power loyalty and luck i'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse with family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.